Sports Comic News, episode 244. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my magnificent co-host, Mike. Hey, Mike. I'm here. Um, what's up? I don't know. It's, you know, the holidays are approaching. Um, Spider-Man comes out next week. End of the, yeah. Uh, try, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to see it. I don't think I'll be seeing it till, I don't know. Um, but I'm like... I'm worried about spoilers, so I really do want to see it Thursday night. Uh, I'm going to try to go Friday, if not Saturday. But uh, it's going to be rough because I'm just going to avoid the internet because I yeah I know like I, I didn't care about the eternal spoilers, but this one like I'll be mad yeah. if it gets spoiled for me. Um, yeah. Oh, for anyone, anyone still you know coming here for the interviews and not just Chris and I, we do have an interview today. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Steve Mardo, he's got a book um, with the Black Caravan imprint over at Scout Comics. We love Scout Comics. Stick around for that or just stick around because we're going to talk about movie theaters for 20 more minutes. No. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I completely forgot Eternals was a movie. Did I tell you about my uh, the theater and my apartment complex and how yes. I rented it out? It was... I just wish I could do that for every movie. And then I realized you have to actually go to the theater for Spider-Man. So, <sighs> you know, yeah, the, uh, it's a tough life. This is the, this has been the nice thing is I've heard like horror stories of like Regal and whatever the other chains are across these States. But, uh, mm-hmm. I still have a local theater that nobody goes to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a couple here too. I mean, the, the seats are very uncomfortable, but, um if you can deal with that well pre pre-covid they were trying to redo all their theaters now the only problem is they didn't they got the like the big leather seats and everything mm-hmm. but they don't yeah. have the footrest uh you need the footrest yeah so i like i would have rather you like skipped out in the leather a little bit and got me some footrest yeah, but if, you, if it reclines that's all i need i just need full reclining but it's, like, it's better than the old, like, these old red chairs that were, like, yeah, ragged and nasty, so. That were, like, like corduroy. Yeah. <laughs> Fabric. Oh, my God. And they kind of, like, went back a little bit, but I'm not sure if that's just because they're from the 70s and they're starting <laughs> to fall Because they're so apart. old. Yeah, because there's so much give <laughs> to the nuts and bolts on them. Um, yeah. I look forward yeah, to seeing that, though. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see it as soon as possible, so. Yeah, uh, I'm... Yeah. I have a similar situation to you where the place I'm moving into has a um has a, a gigantic fucking TV. So uh-huh. I've just been like uh James Bond, Venom, yep. all these movies. I'm just like, I guess I'll just wait till I move. And yeah. I nice. <laughs> yeah, watch watch it on the big screen. Um Yeah, the uh we'll jump into the news. Because um, there's some stuff I want to talk about. Let's do uh, it. Prime Video announced this week that uh, The Boys is getting an animated spinoff series called Diabolical. Uh, the series is said to be an anthology series based on The Boys Prime Video series. Uh, shocking. And it's inspired by The Animatrix. Um, for those of you that don't know, The Animatrix was an animated Matrix movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but, it, was, uh, it wasn't like a series of like... 30 to 40 minute so. movies or I think so. I can't, I don't remember. I just remember someone in a mech suit, like shooting stuff, shooting those robot bugs. I don't know if that was the animatrix or the matrix. I can't remember. 
I just I remember. So I was uh, I wasn't the biggest Matrix fan in the world because like the first one's an amazing movie. Yeah, all that, but it kind of like slowly fell off after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember like when that happened. We didn't live in the world we live in today, so it was like when it came out, we were all freaking out, like, "Oh my god, look what they're, they're doing! All this cool world building yeah. stuff!" And right, all. right. Now it's like <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> now you come out with one movie, and you're like, "Is that it? You're not going to create a universe out of this?" And yeah, when's the, when's the sequel coming? Like, yeah. Um. I'll yeah, check it so out, I, yeah, that's I'm gonna I'll, I'll check it out for sure. Um, love the boys and any anything pertaining to that universe. Yeah, and like the preview promo thing had Carl Urban in it too. So yeah, how do you not how do you yeah. not go see it now? That guy's he, just yeah, if he endorses awesome. it, I'm in. Like yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Hawkeye episode four. So another thing was my mind was blown this week watching Hawkeye episode four. Uh, if anybody remembers, we talked about last week. I did not realize that the actress that plays uh, uh, Kate Bishop is from True Grit. I didn't realize the actress that plays uh, the mother of Kate Bishop is uh, uh, Lorraine. Um, the she's always like the lead characters in all the James Wan uh, horror movies, <laughs> like The Conjuring and. Uh, insidious so i didn't see that i didn't realize that either so i'm, I'm pretty much just a terrible podcaster and pop fan uh pop culture um encyclopedia because I, I miss and i love those horror movies so can i give you one game. more yeah so in episode one we saw kate's father before he passed okay that actor played uh-huh. shrek and shrek the musical on broadway no he didn't <laughs> dead serious there's I gotta quit. I gotta go. There's pictures of him everywhere, and it's hilarious. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. It's been all over, like Facebook so and cool. all that shit. So, oh man, I did not. If I saw that meme, I would have been very confused. <laughs> I I laughed hysterically, and like nobody else got the joke. And yeah, but I don't care. That's I do that a lot. He dies. he dies in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, this episode was. This was fun. You got to see. Uh, uh, it's weird because you see Kate and Hawkeye bonding, and then you see them like um, splitting up at the end. So I thought the Christmas scene with them like decorating the tree and getting drunk was really fun. Yeah. Um, we we keep hearing more and more about this watch from the Avengers compound. That's we don't know what it is. I believe we don't know what it is or what it does. I'm not. Hundred percent sure. I. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. I mean, I. I feel like they want us to believe it's connected to Tony because it's right. a Rolex, right? I almost wonder if it's connected to the cap somehow, though. Because uh, when we saw it, it looked a little older. Yeah. What you know? What I'm thinking? Like, what if it's like a Tony Stark watch, but also like there's nothing technological about it. It's just sentimental. Maybe it's like back. maybe it's his father's watch, like it's Howard Stark's watch. That's why it looks oh, older. Like maybe yeah. that's the and Hawkeye's just like I'm a good dude. I'm gonna help Tony out, even though he's dead. Like what if what if I mean, you think when you, Tony must have had a plan for when he died to like leave all his thoughts and notes to someone, so maybe they're on that watch, something maybe. like that, like a big brain trust, you know? Yeah, I'm interested to see that. Yeah, I love that scene though because it really started to show. One, I've really been enjoying 
uh, Clint in this series because mm-hmm. he's like he's finally feeling kind of like Hawkeye to me. Yep. Uh, and then having him and kind of the the diametric opposite of him being Kate and like how she goes about everything kind of recklessly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying the dynamic a lot. So like when he's like planning out how he's going to escape and where, how he's going to get into the building and everything. And then she just kind of like walks downstairs and goes to the front door. Yeah. Like, that was a funny moment. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. And I like that. She's starting to gain her confidence and feel mm-hmm. like Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, but possibly my favorite moment of the whole uh, episode was when Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell showed up and started kicking ass. <laughs> That's all I could think of too was uh, Splinter Cell. Uh, what was the one I used to play it online all the time with like the night night vision glasses? Uh, oh, dark, was... dark something. Uh, so I remember the online one was called Mercenaries. I can't remember if that was Double Agent or yeah, it might have been Double Agent. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then the reveal at the end that it was uh, um. Black Widow's sister. Yeah. So. Which is nuts. I, I honestly, I'm yeah. like, I did not expect her to show up in any possible yeah. way. It was spoiled for me, unfortunately. So, um, I, there was like some article that popped up. It was like, she wasn't allowed to say anything. And I'm like, about what? And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have read that. Um, yeah. So I think solid episode. Um, I think obviously him and Kate aren't going to be split up. He's just trying to protect her. And I think the show has been great. One word you want, you know, not my favorite, but I am really enjoying the character work in this series. Probably my, that's probably my favorite out of all the Mm -hmm. series, like the character work, but also like, I don't know if the Avengers have a mental health counselor on staff, but Clint needs some fucking help. He has severe PTSD. <laughs> oh, yeah. From just from the, uh, like, you know, his family disintegrating. They show it in this episode, like uh, falling his best friend falling off a building or falling down into a pit of hell. Uh, these people need help. <laughs> Listen, I fully uh, expected to watch the credits and see like written by Tom King. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I'll say I, I wrote a tweet this week that I think I, I deleted because I didn't want to, I don't want to get too upset at, I think it was Van, Van Variety wrote an article about the top, the top, uh, 2021 comics this, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. And it kind of upset me because the two they had from DC were first off, like they had a bunch of DC and Marvel stuff or like imprints of DC and Marvel and links on Amazon to all the books. And then the bottom of the article, it says like, we get a kickback from all the links that you click for these books. So obviously they're going to start the article off by only picking books that are located on Amazon. That's how these websites make their money. If you ever go to a website and you're clicking on a link that goes to Amazon, they're going to kick back every time. But that immediately told me like for the article, they're not going to include any indie books and it didn't like, there was no scout comics. There was no vault comics. There was no Ahoy comics. Um, There might've been a bad idea issue on there, but it was just like, it was kind of me being very grumpy about it. Um, and then there was a typo on the good Asian. So, uh, which I wholeheartedly agree with the good Asians, amazing book. Yes. Um, and I don't know. It was just weird to me. I was like, man, like, and, and, you know, but the two books were like Tom King's, uh, uh, strange. And 
um, Adam Strange book and then the uh, the Rorschach book. And I'm like, I think this person's just given Tom King like the best books of the year just to give him the books, best books of the year, because like these are definitely not the best books of the year, you know? I gotta go back and finish those two because I fell off both of them. Yeah, me too. And if you if you like, yeah, it's a, maybe a completed story is great, and I I think we've agreed that Tom King is really good at that. But if you can't hold me onto a series, you know, I don't like it's just t- just release them as trades, dude. It's tough because I've heard him say on like uh, interviews and whatnot that he's he basically writes it as one story. Yeah. Like he writes down the beats to say mm-hmm. like, you know, this is where she one ends as you do, but it's like for him, it's just one big story and he hands it in. Yeah. So he's not writing like what your, your average Marvel or DC writer is writing, which is mm-hmm. issue at a time, mm-hmm. which is why he's no longer doing ongoing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but anyways, I digress. Yeah. Uh, movie news. There's uh, not something to listen to here, but uh, there is a, article that popped out about the Batman and the screenings. Apparently they're showing two different screenings of the Batman. Um, there's no confirmation, but on who, who the character is, but they're supposedly showing two screenings, one with one character. And then the second screening with that character removed and trying to get some, do some like, you know, market research. But Chris and I are trying to speculate who that might be. I think it might be the Joker. Um, I think it's obviously Kite Man. Yeah, it's obviously Kite Man. Uh, you know, Rainbow Rainbow Raider, Crazy Quill. Uh, I can't even say Polka Dot Man anymore because fucking everybody loves Polka Dot Man. Uh, if if you really want to blow my mind, like, I'm going to say this just because I want it to happen because I keep saying this will never happen and then it happens. But if you really want to blow my mind, if it's fucking Condiment King. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like a serious, a serious condiment king. Oh, be, dude! Now I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want to. The dark origins of condiment king. <laughs> like he, he, like instead of web shooters, he's got mustard shooters, and they're like acidic, super acidic mustard. Like burns people alive. <laughs> That's like, dude. I wrote, I wrote this whole like. I never actually wrote the the comic. I just wrote kind of the bibles for the characters. But there was one villain I wanted to do because it was all based on like our shitty villains thing. I'm just uh-huh. like, I want to come up with shitty villain after shitty villain after shitty. Yeah, villain. yeah. And my favorite one was still Custard Commando. Custard Commando. Who <laughs> was with K's because it's cooler that way. Oh yeah. Um, but he had he made this these uh this substance that looked like custard or like ice cream. Mm-hmm. And he he dressed in an army uniform with a, a clown makeup on. And he would throw it at you, and it was acidic, so it would, like, burn through walls and shit. So you just, like, <laughs> throw it at the wall and, like, enter the building. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, I want to read that. Uh, I, could, I, I, think, I think we're going to land on it. It's probably the Joker. Yeah. And I think it's because, is it too soon? Is it not too soon to have, you know, Joker with the Batman after it's gone so well the last few times? Um, I mean, we're doing... Yeah. We're doing uh, uh, Penguin and Riddler in this one, right? Yeah. No yeah, other yeah. confirmed? Uh, well, like Catwoman, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, she's a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so. so who else? I mean, Bane, but I feel like, yeah. eh, who knows? I mean, I Batista's been yelling a lot about playing Bane, so maybe. I heard they're removing Alfred. He's just going to talk to himself. <laughs> It'll be like the imposter. Alfred's 
was yeah. reasonable and was like, "This is fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm not doing this," and left. It's like it's like the the movie The Others with Nicole Kidman, where like Batman's walking around Wayne Manor talking to people when he's the ghost himself, and he's already done. <laughs> It's just, Alfred's just living there alone and he's been talking to him the whole time. He's like, he's not even alive. Oh, man. That's the fucking Batman uh-huh. story I want to read. Grant Morrison would write some be, shit like that. It'd be interesting if it was like Robin or something. Yeah. Or or like Batgirl or, you know, like some yeah. extended part of the family. Or even if he's like been doing it a little bit longer and it's Nightwing. Although, but like. We got sparkly vampire. He's kind of young still, so. Oh, man. But I feel like if you got to market test it, it's got to be someone. It's got to be someone people are going to be talking about when they leave the movie. Yeah. Right. I just wonder because if it's if it's Joker and we haven't heard a peep about it, it goes back to like things I said about Reed Richards and WandaVision and other like rumors that popped up. Where I'm just like, if we haven't heard about it, like even anything, mm-hmm. it seems like I. It seems like I don't. I can't believe it. Right. No, I agree with you. Yeah. Especially Joker. Like, I unless they, they got some no name to play Joker, which, by the way, WB, please do that. They did. Uh, uh, there was rumors that some guy was casted. I don't know if we talked about it, but I had never seen him in anything, or I I saw him in something, but I would not expect him to be Joker. Yeah, and this isn't even like a, a my normal shots at Jared Leto or anything, but like don't get the next Jared Leto, right? Because like it's gonna be it, it, if you do it right, it'll be so much better. If it's someone we don't know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna suck for their career because they're gonna be Joker forever. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I don't think they'll mind. I wouldn't. Yeah, I <laughs> the amount of money you get paid let's, for that. Let's say the paycheck, and they won't mind. Um. All right, let's let's do that. Let's go over the the Marvel side for that. The um, they announced that uh, this week that uh, Shang Chi will have a sequel. Um, it's in active pre production. Also, Disney Plus is working on an original s- series spinning out of Shang Chi, part of the MCU. Yeah, let's go more more kung fu. Let's I <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with this. I, a, se- a sequel yeah. seemed obvious. I mean, yeah. But now a TV show? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so who do you think the TV show would be about? Would it be about the... Uh, uh, like Ghul and his uh, gang of thugs? or <laughs> Razagul. Um, I I don't know. That's a good question. They could try to do something like they did with the failed, miserably Iron Fist show. Um, where, like, maybe he's got to go around to the different gangs and... Um, Marvel doesn't feel like Marvel can't have a movie without connecting it to some giant villain or like have some big cinematic event. So maybe they'll do the TV show and have him like, Oh, you know, the, the house of the daggers, the house of the whatever hammers and have like, have their conflict between all the different clans. That'd be sick. What I think would be cool. I seriously doubt they'd do this, but when at the end of the movie spoilers for Shang Chi, which is on Disney plus, you have zero excuse. Right. Um, at the end of the movie, when they go to the alternate dimension and then the Pokemon nine tails shows up mm-hmm. um, and they're with that, like that clan, they mentioned something about like a pat, like the reason they had to seal the door and all that. Yeah. It'd be cool if they like did a series based on that event. And oh, it was like, yeah. it was 
kind of connected to what's going on. It's just like, here's the standalone, like, cool kung fu story set in, like, feudal-ish era. Yeah, if they do that and go, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I'm still going to fucking watch it because that's awesome, yeah. too. Like, yeah, uh, whatever whatever they want to do with it, I'm in. They, they could go two different routes, I think, so. Yeah, so... Yeah, your That's idea good, is way better. Your idea is way better than mine. <laughs> so uh, I'd rather watch that. Yeah. Shang Chi was good. I'm glad that uh, we're gonna yeah. get more of him. Yeah, so. and I, the the guy who's playing him is is just a treasure. He's the best. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. Uh, and he also agrees that DoorDash is way too fucking expensive. So I can get on with that. I had some Grubhub today, and yeah. yeah. What's up with that? What's up with that charge? Oh God, don't get me started. Um. I mean, on the positive side, I didn't have to leave my house, so. Yeah, so you're paid for that. Uh, honestly, I went to Popeye's in, you know, the downtown Schenectady, which is not the greatest area. And while I was waiting in line, looking at the bulletproof glass in the drive-thru, I was like, maybe I should yep. just pay the $5 delivery fee <laughs> and have it brought to the, have it brought to the apartment. <laughs> uh, I think, I think my life is worth $5. I mean, it depends. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> um, during an interview this week uh, with Cinema Blend, Kevin Feige said that um, when they're ready to bring back, when they're ready to bring back Daredevil, confirmed, Charlie Cox will be playing the role in the MCU. So he's part of the MCU. Um, he's not done being Daredevil. I would hope not. Um, I just, I just don't know where he really fits in right now. So I don't. I think that's probably what they're trying to figure out too. Yeah, because Marvel at, at that point had like the the Netflix street level thing, and yeah. I don't. Know, in, in my opinion, I think most of it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. Iron Fist was what it was. I think Luke Cage kind of stretched a little bit too much, but I did enjoy it. Yep. And then, the, and then Daredevil was just the shining beacon of what would become Disney Plus original right. series. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I hope so. I, Charlie Cox is a fantastic Matt Murdock. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that show. I, I've gone back and rewatched that show and just that show. Oh, really? So yeah. I, yeah, it is really good. I'm hoping he shows up, and we'll see. I mean, yeah. I almost hope it's a series too. Like, I kind of don't want a Daredevil movie. Right. I would prefer a series, but we'll see. If I get more Daredevil, I'll take it. They just released a show on uh, Disney Plus called Daredevils. I'm down. I'm down. Do it. Why not? Um, yeah, but that's that's good news. I liked him as Daredevil as well. You know, I guess we'll never be getting Ben Affleck back. Um, there was rumors that he turned down the role for Batman. So, again, like what for the HBO TV show. So, listen. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to fuck with people, Kevin Feige, <laughs> just just one scene in Multiverse of Madness, and like fucking Ben Affleck comes out, is like Snoogans, and then leaves oh, okay. <laughs> with the Daredevil mask on. Yes, please. Um, I I would. I mean, Kevin Feige would be the person to do that. That would be Multiverse of Madness. That would be our friend, us, not our friend, our the person that I worship, Sam Raimi, is doing. Um, and yeah. I wouldn't put him by him to do anything. You know, he's gonna not do anything. But 
I picture Kevin Feige in his office, just like answering phone calls all day, and yeah. then like maybe calling people, and him being like, "Ben, come on, man, let's let's do something for this multiverse thing. Like five minutes. We'll take five. We'll pay you like two million dollars, what twenty million dollars, right. five minutes of your time." Yeah. And he calls up Raimi. He's like. Listen, it's that or I get someone else to do it because this is fucking Marvel and I yeah. do what I want. And I pick I, <laughs> and I pick any director and tell them how how to make the movies. So. Yeah. Um, all right, folks, we're gonna jump to this awesome interview we have with Mr. Steve Mardo, and we'll see everybody on the other side. All right, everybody, we got two very special guests for y'all this week. I want everyone to welcome Steve Mardo. And Sean French. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show, guys. Um, Glad you can make it. Glad we could have a writer and an artist together um, to see how much you guys really hate each other. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Disappointing, man. I'm sorry. Um, So, welcome to the show, guys. Um, I'm glad you guys could be here for uh, the book. It just came out... um, the beginning of November, right? Yeah, right around Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So someone, someone's got to read me that long title because I messed it up earlier. So uh, Epic Taverns: Tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit. Okay, and that's and that's your title, right, Sean? You came up. That's it's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> yeah that, so, that was my doing, for better or worse. So where did this where did this idea come from? I mean, like, how did this come about for you? Uh, well, I'm a a video game writer as, as my day job for uh, Hyperkinetic Studios in Los Angeles. Uh, okay. And I'm, I'm the lead writer of a PC game called Epic Tavern. And um, on the side, I've been editing books for Scout Comics, uh, Black Caravan imprint for years and years, uh, Electric Black, Phantom Circular, Black Friday. Um, and I had a standing offer from them to uh, that if I wanted to write another comic, I'd, I'd done a series called Escape from Jesus Island years ago. Um, that they had enjoyed. And I had this standing offer and where we had this great IP with Epic Tavern, it just seemed like a, you know, a no brainer to uh, at least try a couple of one-off issues uh, set in the story world of, of Epic Tavern and, and see what our players think of them. Yeah. And so you, you think that you could just, are these like, they're just one shot stories focusing on specific characters within that universe and, yeah, well, the 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 thing that's really important to us is that you don't have to know anything about the game to enjoy the comic, because that's okay. always going to be the big concern. Anytime you see right. a, you know a comic on a shelf that's based on a game you don't play, you generally mm-hmm. just pass it right over. Right. Um, so it was really important that this that the comics serve as an introduction to the story world for people who don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of designed each issue that you could pick them up in any order, not knowing anything about the world or the characters or anything, and still be fine. But like more of if you're a, a, a fan of like fantasy, right? That's that's kind of in the realm you are, like a D and D style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of a, a noir fantasy adventure uh, that kind of follows the uh, adventures of a overworked agency that's tasked with investigating crimes committed by supernatural creatures. So it's kind of a D and D X Files Naked Gun mashup. You know, <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> she just like she held the naked gun in there, like okay, it'll be- 
That's awesome. Yeah, we just think that it, you know. Yeah. 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 Might, that's be, the first, that, yeah. might be the first person to bring up Naked Gun, which makes me sad and happy that somebody yeah. else watches Naked Gun, but sad that nobody else has brought it up. Yeah. It's the first time. Uh, oh, huge, huge so, influence on me and, and the series. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing. Um, so, Steve, where you came in now, did you guys, have you guys, were you were, you know, planning to pick Steve for this book or you just kind of happened to work together for this or how did that go about? Uh, well, one of the publishers for Black Caravan, well, this Legion, um, uh, Joe Schmalky, uh, recommended Steve. When uh, we decided to do this, I got to talk to Joe to see, you know, if he had artists they recommended so we didn't have to start from scratch in the hunt. And Steve was the first person he suggested. And then I had to go like, you know, because it's a studio project. I had to do the due diligence and run through a bunch of artists and check different yeah. styles and right. turn in stuff to there and make my recommendations and everything. And we came back to it right where we started. We wanted Steve. Mm-hmm. So okay. Steve, yeah, go ahead. Awesome. So what, what has it been like for you? I mean, what, you drew the first issue. You got to draw all these monsters, right? So is this something that's that you wanted to really do for this project? Uh, well, going into it was pretty amazing because uh joe kind of let me know about the project beforehand he said i may have this thing coming up for you he said that might you know um i worked on uh a backup story for murder hobo um from, from oh, okay. black caravan yep. and i did a couple yep. of uh, uh variant covers for them and mm-hmm. he kind of you know joe's joe's uh, as much as I, I bust on him he's he's a taste maker I like to call okay. him. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. Well, he is like, he knows, like, he just like kind of has this thing. He knows how to cook in the kitchen. Like he just knows how to make this stuff work. And uh, he saw my stuff and he said, oh, I think, you know, there may be a project for you, you know, just hold tight. So I was kind of, you know, working on little anthologies and things like that um, and kind of working on my own stuff. And then uh, he introduced me to Sean and me and Sean just kind of like right off the bat, just just connected totally. and, and just clicked and it was all just um you know every conversation we had it was basically like we were all we were both on the same page like we were reading each other's minds and um he sent me um uh a link to the game to play and um you know i'll be <clears throat> i'll be frankly honest i'm not like a huge rpg player like to be honest i don't really play too many video games anymore but i, I started playing it and I love the game. Like it was just, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and the four, the four main characters that, uh, hopefully we'll see soon, um, that you play in the game at the beginning. Um, I just, I love them. And then he kind of showed me this whole other, like, you know, plethora of characters that he, they wanted to put in the comic. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is where we're going with this. And, and, and he was like, run wild do whatever you want with okay. it and i was like are you yeah. are you sure like like like, <laughs> like this is like a game that's like you know yeah. like like because i know that like sean said it's hyperkinetic and 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 um to their you know to their graciousness they've been wonderful with uh letting me kind of just play in a sandbox and so i ended up kind of going through and just kind of making basically like kind of cre- recreating um the world for the comics and that was the other thing too that you know me and sean were talking about that we wanted to do with the with with the comic that i think really comes through is that um this wasn't some hokey like book this wasn't like oh Mm -hmm. this is you know the first the first 10 minutes of the game in the comic form like this is something totally different and it and it had characters from 
you know, when you play the game, a lot of these characters aren't even in it. So, you know, it's not until later on that you play the game. And mm-hmm. so, um, so what was great about it was we were making our own, literally making our own world. And um, it just so happened that it kind of originated from a, a, a game. Um, and that's what's the freedom about this has been, is, is, is that the freedom about this has been, uh, is that we kind of have been able to do that. We don't have to stick to that, you know, uh, that routine of like, oh, well, this is going to happen in this part. So you have to put that in the game or this is going to happen in this part. Um so that was really great. And just letting me kind of run, run free and do what I wanted. And, and every time I sent sketches to him and hyperkinetic, I'd always get the okay back. And that was just really like, like strange. Cause everyone's always like, I want this right. changed and that changed this changed. Right. And they were all just like um, really cool with it. And they were just like, this is exactly what we want. This is exactly the kind exactly how we envisioned the okay. characters. This is exactly how we envisioned everything. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, and it, I freaky. think it's important. This is super freaky. When you're working with when you're working with an established IP, there, there's real advantages, obviously, because this is a story world that I've been writing full time for four years. So I've got like this massive amount of information to pull from. But at the same time, you don't want to get caught mm-hmm. up in telling a story that's already been told fully, because then you're you're stuck between the lines, and I don't have any room to play as a writer, and Steve doesn't have any room to play as an artist. And mm-hmm. so that was the advantage of not making the comic a direct adaptation of the game. It's not set in a tavern. It's not about running a tavern, that sort of thing. Instead, we chose a storyline from the game world that would stand on its own and kind of work as in an episodic sort of thing. You know, Monster Mm -hmm. of the Week, uh, you know, each issue is a different case. And and that way we still have room to expand on the story world and we're not, you know, completely shackled by the content that's already out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But Sean, how big is the... Oh, oh yeah. Also, I was just, just to kind of drawing it was a blast. Drawing it was an absolute <laughs> one of the best experiences of my career. I've been freelancing uh-huh. for almost ten years now, and okay. this has probably been literally the best one of the best projects I've ever worked on, hands down. Now, because Every, they're letting you do whatever you want, or you like to draw monsters, which is <laughs> both. <laughs> both. Yeah, both. It's, like, <laughs> it's like the best yeah. of both worlds. It's like, oh, you guys let me give me free reign. Okay, you guys give yeah. me the keys yeah. to the. To the to the car, yeah. I'll just go and do what I. And, That's and awesome. You guys are That's cool awesome. with it. Yeah, <laughs> really cool. Only because the stuff you were turning in was great. Uh, okay. <laughs> if you were sending us crap, we wouldn't have been cool with it. Yeah, was bad. Yeah, Awesome. Sean, how big is the the studio that you work for? Uh, Hyperkinetic is uh, a, a small game startup. It's uh, from the core creative team who made the Spider-Man games for PlayStation 2 era. They actually oh, the okay. first Spider-Man movie games. Um, yeah. that, that core team got sick of the AAA world and the abuse and the just horrible conditions, yeah. decided mm-hmm. to start their own studio that, uh, depending on what projects we have going, you know, there might be between 5 and 20 of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of expands based on you know, what we're working on. Okay. Um, wow. So it's a smaller studio, but all with you know, uh, crazy veterans of the game industry mm-hmm. that I can't believe mm-hmm. I get to even work with. Uh, Tomo oh. Morawaki, who's one of the co-founders of Hyperkinetic, uh, was the project lead on Spider-Man Two. He's also the creative director on Call of Duty Black Ops. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so he, he's Tomo's done all kinds of stuff. Wow. Um, so be able to to be able to sneak in with a crew like that as a writer is just yeah. So beyond belief opportunity. 
That's so, awesome. yeah, Tom, Tom, was, kind of our, Tom was one of those oh. guys. I was going to say, Tom was one of those guys that you talk to him. I, I've said this before. You talk to him just about like anything, and mm-hmm. he'll just, your mind will just exponentially grow. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you'll, you'll end up looking like so a ridiculously smart. Yeah. Now he's, yeah, he's really? just, he's a super intelligent guy, and he's just like, yeah, you talk to him for two seconds, and it's like, wow. This guy is just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I was just saying, in our mm-hmm. interconnected worlds, like Spider-Man 2, the video game was like huge. I, yeah. I remember we all played the shit out of it mm-hmm. when I was, yeah. when I was yeah. coming out. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, Same here. So are you, are you are you jumping back and forth between different universes? Or you guys have like a centralized epic tavern universe that you're kind of playing with in these video games? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, with with the comic, it's it's a uh, they're standalone stories, but they're in a you know uh, yeah. they're all in the same continuous universe. Uh, the, the tricky part about the game, of course, is that it branches. So, right. <laughs> yeah, players right. of the game are going to have wildly different experiences. Our lead character, uh, Amelia Mortalis, who's a, a necromancer who only animates uh, animals, so okay. she's like a kind of a Snow White, but surrounded by dead animals. Dead animals, um, awesome. <laughs> in the in the comic, she's kind of this adorable, naive, you know, uh, a little dangerously crazy at times. Um, but in the game, she can become one of the big bads. Like she, okay. if you don't, if you fail to recruit her, and you know, you don't actually bring her around to to uh, to have your influence, she becomes one of the major uh, problems you have to deal with. So that's one of the, the other tricky things about adapting a video game is that there's no one version of the story world in a video game every player has their own version of the world and that's the version of the world for them so the key was to kind of find these characters that have an interesting starting point that we can uh you know kind of take and, and build them up into a into a new adventure hmm. and i guess like i don't know if we've ever had a you know video game like writer the writing a comic so for you i mean you're not writing all the, all the little stories for the game itself. I mean, you have a team that you work with, right? So, um, no, I, I write almost everything writing? in Epic Tavern. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So how, how do you feel that translated going from, I mean, it's awesome, but it's a lot of work, but, um, how, how do you feel that translated going from writing something like that to writing the comic, um, which you need to be a little more condensed right into one story. So was it, was it an easy translation well, to get to there or? Yeah, well, I've, I've been writing only branching stuff for the four years before starting on the comic. Mm-hmm. So to write a story that only has one timeline, right? <laughs> that alone was like a that was like a whole. You know, I hadn't I hadn't done yeah. that uh, in years. I've, I've right. been so you know locked up on the tracking all the different possibilities and graphing stuff and the flowcharts mm-hmm. and all that yeah. craziness. Oh, yeah. So yeah. to come back to just like a simple story where there's one version of it and there's, you know, the yeah. page one is page one. You know, always, you, know, yeah. you don't have to write yeah. seven versions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was, it was great. It's a, uh, it's a different type of challenge to write a story like that because you end up, or at least I end up just polishing over and over and over and over and just doing draft after draft after draft after draft mm-hmm. uh, because I'm not building out different possibilities. I'm just, taking this one version of events and making it as, you know, as, as clean and polished and, and entertaining as possible. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for that. It, it's a different type of challenge. Uh, it's less exhausting, but there's a, 
uh, intensity and focus in your comics because you have so few words to work with um, wow. that it's a, it's a different type of puzzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for you, Steve, I mean, so how's, how's the relationship work? Do you get a whole script before you start drawing it or you guys, you show it a page or you draw the whole thing? How does that, how does the relationship between you two work? At least for the first well, issue. Uh, lucky enough, Sean had everything written out. Um, but what's awesome about this whole project was that, you know, and I think we've talked about this before, uh, just when we were doing this, when we were making the book was that he was going to go back and tweak things for the okay. artwork, which right. sometimes doesn't happen in comics a lot. Sometimes you get that script and that's it. It's like nailed in there. That's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So if the art right. doesn't go with this, with the script, I mean, you're kind of stuck with it, you know, and the editor kind of has to either, you have to go back and redraw something or vice versa. Um, but what was great with, Sh- with Sean was that um, we kind of just, we, you know, I sent out my, my sketches and there were a few things that um, the way I saw it, it kind of translated better. Um, and there were some things that he wrote translated better with me doing less detail and stuff. So, um, you know, just that kind of correspondence and kind of organically having, having the art and the script together. Uh, I think it kind of, it, it made the book, I think a lot more kind of smoother as a, for a read. Cause there's so much stuff in the book. There's so much, there's so many characters. There's so much uh, story in it. I think it's a really compact book. A lot of people talk about, you know, comics, you spend all this money on a comic, you don't get a lot of art or you don't get a lot of story. And I really feel like this has, it's both, like, this, has a, <laughs> this is like a jam packed book, you know, even, yeah, you yeah. know even, even more, even more pages too. Um, and, but I think for what we put into it and what we kind of stuffed, stuffed in that, in that backpack of, uh, of, of 26 pages, uh, I think, I think it, it comes out really smoothly and it's not too, it's not too much, but, um, yeah, it was, it was great with Sean in, in that sense. And you hit on an interesting th- thing there that I think is like super important and is a skip step, uh, Way too often in comics. Uh, and that's extensive rewrites after the artwork comes in. Um, mm. You know, if you're on a monthly, sure, the, the script you give to the artist has to be very accurate to what you want them to draw because so, you don't have time to tinker with it a lot afterwards. But if, if you're an indie, you have time. There's no, there's no reason that you can't do it. rewrites of the script once the arts come in. You, you actually have time to do that, and your story will be better for it. Because the artist is going to come up with things. Steve always comes up with things that he changes mm-hmm. around a little bit, or he has some idea for what's going to work better visually. And if I try and lock him too much into what's in the script, then he can't do that. It takes away his ability to use his skills to the best of his power right. to, to make the story better. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the more freedom, you know, assuming you're working with an artist whose instincts you trust and who understands yeah, right. the story and isn't going to make terrible right. decisions, <laughs> right. uh, it, the more freedom you can give them, uh, the better off you're going to be. And the trade-off for that is sometimes when pages come back in, the first thing I do is I hop in a lettering program and I just put all my words on the page. We'll, we'll use a real letterer, you know, so it doesn't look like shit when the time comes. Right. right. But I, I make my own placeholder one first. Yeah. got to see how the words look on the page. And yeah. then I, I'll rework those for weeks, just moving stuff around and tinkering with wording and just tweaking stuff to get it to flow right. And it, it's kind of horrifying that that isn't, a standard process because <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 
yeah. the script is so much better after right. I finish, after those couple of weeks of tinkering. That's where the story right. really comes out. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I, what most people view is like the final script that they're sending off to the artist. I basically view as a first draft. Okay. You know, I, I wow. tell the story of the artist, the artist tells the story to me, and then I rewrite the story to tell it to the audience. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, it's basically like a, it's like a uh, game of ping pong. You know what I mean? We kind of go back yeah, and forth. Right. And, yep. and, you know, and, and to be honest, I think, I think like, like you said, as, as an indie I think I think sometimes as artists and as writers, we we're in this kind of world where we kind of are in our own little bubbles, and I think we don't really realize that to make you know the better the better pro piece of of of, uh, of story or, or art that you're making, you kind of have to do that collaboration. And I think we use that we use that word collaboration. I think sometimes too lightly in comics. It's not it's not really mm. actually collaboration sometimes. Um, right. But yeah, this was totally, we, me and Sean were talking for, I mean, there's tons of just message, message, you know, messages. Mm -hmm. just yeah, it all, just it all kind of came together organically, even though we had a script we liked yeah. starting off. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's, I think a lot of that is just the, the, the problems. I mean, you guys mentioned right out the gate, the whole kind of artists and writers kind of famously hating each other in comics. <laughs> and, you know, and I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of it's sort of pres pressure from business and being in a right. an industry where there just aren't a lot of chances to succeed, and that puts pressure on and everything. But a lot of it's just ego, you know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Battles over creative control. There's, yep. there's no winner in those. You know, right. it's just for sure. If you can just yeah, stay open, totally. That you know, uh, the whole one of the phrases that, like, as a writer, one of my kind of pet peeve phrases is uh, protecting your vision. It's yeah. so toxic. It's such a toxic <laughs> mindset to view it as your vision. It's like the yeah, best idea wins. Vision. I don't care whether it was right. my idea yeah. or someone at the studio or something Steve right. had. Yeah, An idea isn't inherently better because it came from the writer. I mean, right. that is a terrible no. thing to believe. That's just going to get right. yourself in trouble. Yeah. Right. And like you said, it's the ego thing that brings you down. Um, yeah. But I mean, it seems all you know. By joking aside, I think it seems like you guys had a pretty good uh, relationship when you you, you both uh, first hopped on here. Um, now we actually what is, we actually what is each your, other. Yeah. Okay. okay well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. some truth to it. I, right? I mean, oh, well, yeah. Sean <laughs> French is here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You guys didn't talk to I, each I other. Give at him all a cauliflower ear. This is actually the first time we've ever spoken. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it shows. It shows. It's all been angry uh, emails up until now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lots of exclamation right, points and cap locks. Yeah. Just... <laughs> if there's sh some shit you need to air out now, I mean, I guess go ahead and make for the podcast. So there you go. Um, there's a good time. sitcom somewhere in here. Yeah. Yeah. I just picture Steve being like, listen, I am doing important video game stuff. Just draw your pictures, please. <laughs> Throwing empty bo whiskey bottles at him. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, where do you where do you plan on going from here? I mean, we have one issue out, but that you know that focuses on one character specifically. So, is there is there a plan to do like a mini series or just one? You know, are do you have like uh, I definitely want to make five issues of one shots or what? Do you yeah, have a plan? Uh, what we're doing next because Black Caravan is uh, primarily horror focused. That's where a lot of right. their they're kind of bases. So we're going to do a mm -hmm. horror one shot that is okay. set in, it's a tales from the FCU story, but okay. it's straight up, straight up horror. Um, okay. so much darker, more violent, mm 
Uh, it takes place inside a nightmare. Okay. Um, so there's all kinds of crazy imagery. And, and we had, we had yeah. the story that, uh, again, I was adapting from Epic Tavern, a, a quest chain yeah. uh, that took place in a nightmare. And we were like, okay, well, there's, there's some cool pieces to work with here, but we want to go edgier with it than we did the first issue. Mm-hmm. So we may we may do it as a you know as a tales from the FCU horror story one off or maybe part of the you know we're not we're not sure yet uh, but we're definitely doing a, a standalone horror story as issue two okay. and we'll be looking to yeah. sync that up for uh, when Epic Tavern exits early access sometime in the in the spring yeah. um, and, and and the and nice thing about it too is is that it's still going to connect to the first issue in in okay. certain same, ways the same, same, same characters. Yeah. Okay. And for someone like me, so I'm, I'm pretty much all digital for my reading. So is, do you know if scouts going to have these available digitally? Are they available digitally or? Yeah. They've got them up on the site. You can buy the PDF. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's great. Um, yeah, I'm all digital now. Yeah. Last time I talked to Charlie, it was, it's all on the website right now and he's working with comiXology to go day one, but they're Mm -hmm. working on it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it seems like that's it. Like I, I'm still kind of a floppy guy. Like I still go and and, and try to <laughs> yeah, go to the comic yeah, store got, and yeah. stuff. I'm, um, I, I try to, yeah. but it's funny. It's like the digital. It's like the. It's like he's like Jason. Are, are, you know, digital is like Jason. As much as you try to run yeah. from him, he's yeah, always right in front yeah. of you. Like yeah, you, that's you right. Take right the by it, yeah, and digital's there. Yeah. And it's like yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. man. So you know, yeah. I, so you I, get I, the comicsology yeah. and everything, but so. Uh, for you, Steve, are you doing all your art digitally, like right on a tablet? Or are you doing any, you know, sketching on pages or? Um, well, I do. It's weird. I have a weird a marriage combo? with digital and, and mm-hmm. traditional. I still love traditional. I grew up traditional. Yep. I went to school and it was all traditional pen and ink stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I learned from a lot of guys who were just like traditional pen and ink guys. Um, so for me, I, I, like I have an iPad and I do a lot of my uh, layouts and a lot of my sketches on, on, on my iPad, but I usually mm-hmm. print them out uh, blue line and then I okay. do them uh, in, in ink. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I love to have an original page. I love right. to have like that physical yeah. page right there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that some people are just like, well, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's, 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 right. it's the end product. Um, but and I'm kind of, I'm still a little traditionalist with that. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, I mean, I for the, we did uh, there's a two page spread right in the pages two and oh, three yes. in our well, first that, issue. That's yep. the the lobby of the Fantastical Crimes Unit. It has okay. about 160 characters in it. Wow. And okay. Steve did this on let me, eight. Let me see if I can find yeah, that. <laughs> eight full 11 by 17 pages. Wow. Of, art, of, of hand drawn artwork that were then scanned, shrunk down into two pages. But the original wow. is forty-four inches by thirty-four inches. Holy it's shit! Crazy. That's hold on. That that's speak, a lot. Speak amongst yourselves and see if I can find yeah. it. <laughs> so somewhere. I mean, I guess that's that's the way you got to do it, though. If you're doing a, a big room with a lot of characters, the easiest way to do it is do it big and then shrink it down. But yeah, oh, he just man. realized there wasn't enough space yeah. to do what he wanted. And that's yeah. another example where the advantage of not having overly specific scripts sometimes. Because the the lobby scene, what the script says, it lists. It says it's chaotic. It's a chaotic scene, and I list maybe like five examples of the sort of chaos that might be going on there. 
And he takes this and turns it into a scene with like 150 characters. <laughs> it just goes completely yeah, bananas with overboard. it. And there's this stuff That's going awesome. on all over, little storylines playing out. Yeah. Now, had I tried to put that in the script, he would have stabbed I'm, me in the I'm face. I'm trying to see if I can. You know, uh, if you're trying to make an artist draw something like that, they're going to kill you. But he's got them all together. If you, leave, I think. if you leave the opportunity to play, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes they may take it on their own and, and do something crazy, which is what Steve did here. Yeah, so, Sean, while he's yeah. kind of putting all those together for us, has anything from this book or like anything that you and Sean have come up together with together um, through the book, has it in any way influenced backwards back to the original product? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the In fact, after seeing Steve's version of the lobby scene, first thing I did was go back into the game and rewrite the lobby scene the first time the characters entered the Fantastical Crimes Unit to oh, turn okay. it into like a multi-stage chaotic thing. Oh. Um, but yeah, the, the process of uh, of creating the, the comic completely changed how we view the characters in the game. Like it, it changes mm. the experience of playing the game because you just know them so much better and they're so fleshed out and you've seen them. And um, So I've gone back and, and reworked a lot of content in the game based on some of the things that I loved that we did in the comic. Yeah, so I kind of started like, with like the game like feeding the comic and now thing. the comic's feeding the game. <laughs> That's really cool, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Sean, I feel like I'm just like... Going over here and <laughs> You're putting the whole thing together in the background there. Well, I'm yeah, trying totally. to. I'm trying to do a little. That's trick. Awesome. So this is the first half of it. I'll see if I can. If I can, I'll kind of swoop my computer over to uh, this. Uh, you know what? So it's not going to work that way. But so, anyways, so here's kind of like some of it. Um, geez, this is this is. I think last time I did it. I think last time we did something where I showed it off and it was kind of all in one piece, but um, like it was how many of those pages all together? So eight, eight, 11 by 17 pages. Holy so this shit. is kind of like one half of it. Shrink down into it. And then uh, <laughs> the end half of yeah, it. It's crazy. With some, it's just, and then I have, you know what? Screw it. I'll just, <laughs> And then the funny thing is, of course, we had to send that over to Steve Levine to color. Like these. Yeah, <laughs> after, after he dropped this thing, you know. kill me. So there's all these characters. There's like weird. Um, Where's the one that I like? Do we have like a weird uh, uh, Gandalf type character who's kind of like, kind of like. Uh, That's so cool. You know. Showing off everybody. Yeah, if you go to like the, the Tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit Facebook page, you, you can see the image of the lobby. Yeah, and how yeah. just completely bonkers it is. So when you when you finish scanning that and you send it over to your colorist, did he immediately ask for a raise, or did he like eventually just bring it up? Well, let me put it this way: uh, I got a text from Steve Levine, and it wasn't a nice one. Uh, uh, I actually got the raise authorized before we sent it to him. I'm like we have to we have to pay this out as eight pages instead of two. Like, there's no well, way around yeah, it. I can't well, send it to, I can't send it to Levine otherwise. And I got the studios okay for it. So, well, I remember me and Sean kind of like had like a a weird like like we had like a talk with him. We had to have like a, 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 an, an, an intervention with him, so to speak. We were like we were like Steve, listen. I, we, since this is the first issue, we really want to make it something special. So we want to do this thing. And you can tell he's just kind of like, 
like that. And just like, uh, and, he's, and I'm like, well, how? And he's like, well, well, don't make it too many characters. He's like, you know, just make it. Don't go crazy. Don't do, don't go bananas. And I was like, I won't. And then I come back and I just keep drawing and drawing. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool to have this in there. That'd be cool to have this in there. And then I sent him the, the pencils over and I didn't get a response back. And then, <laughs> and then like, and I was like, you're not going to want to be friends with me anymore, Steve. I'm like, I'm sorry. You're not going to work with me ever again. And, um, well, the funny is, is you actually no, kind was, of got he was, his permission he was, in advance. Yeah. Because well, going into it, Sean was going the, into it, we, we, we had a pre-production meeting where uh, Steve Levine was, was we're talking about the fact that Marta's uh, art style is a little, you know, detail heavy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and Levine's give, you know, telling him, you know, you know, rein that in you know, a little bit. So Steve got the got permission from him that as long as the rest of the book, he stayed pretty disciplined, he could go crazy with the lobby scene. And of course he had no idea of knowing the degree to which he was going to go berserk with that. But you did actually kind of have his permission to go crazy with the lobby scene going into I it. I did, yes, yes. Which but made it worse so for him, I think. I get like every, every, every week I just get like a text from him, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, and, the, you know, all sorts the, uh, of wonderful, so the lobby wonderful scene, wordings. For anybody listening that, I mean, I so I own the book digitally, and, I mean, it doesn't do justice on a splash page because a PDF, you scroll with it, yeah. but... Um, I mean, this, this, the lobby scene is the reason to buy the book on its own. Like <laughs> it's you. absolutely amazing. And I, I know there's like some, you know, not specifically trademarked turtle there with a, with a ninja <laughs> headband on, um, you know, there's, there's a giant treant that's being led. That's been shackled. Like there's some crazy, like disgusting, almost like, a a beholder dragging someone across the floor. Like, <laughs> the stuff going on in the scenes is amazing. Like the, all the little stories happening in themselves. Um, it's awesome. It's like it, and it's such a great intro to the book and like what's going to happen. I mean, I, I really, and I think like you guys, the colorist did a great job. I mean, it's, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. as much as he did him and ha, I mean, it's it came out amazing. <laughs> the whole thing. Is just amazing. <laughs> um, I do love the guys. I think one of my because I I tried to pick a favorite when I was looking at it and uh, the guys in the barrels the, that lost their clothes. <laughs> I want to. I'm just curious how they got to that point. <laughs> like, how did we? How did we? How did we lose the clothes? No, we're wearing barrels unless they just you wear barrels the all the time. Is, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I did try to make a small little story with everything that happened in those uh-huh. things, like you know the the golem <laughs> character on the yep. the weird jellyfish. Yep kind of thing yeah you know, it's like yeah you know, i guess it's jellyfish and, yeah yeah it's like a weird jellyfish yeah i, I think mm-hmm. the barrel guys i think i had like an idea that they kind of are like they were they were you know fcu uh character they were they were the actual um uh guys on the force that just like a mm-hmm. wizard or like some sort of whatever just like to get away from them just like this made their clothes disappear Wow. Just to like that's awesome, you know. That's awesome. And then they had to come back with barrels or something like that. But yeah, every every everything in that has some sort of little little story yeah, in there. Even from the my drunk, favorite one, the drunk, is, the drunk uh, mouse is probably yeah. one of my favorites. The he's drunk just mouse, the yeah, like really, yeah, yeah. 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 So. Yep. yeah. My, my favorite is, is near the door. Uh, there, there's uh, a little scene playing out where uh, Amelia's uh, pet. Oh yeah, uh, he's a vampire, a vampire squirrel. Barnabas Chitters, 
uh, is luring oh, yeah. a child away from his family to kill it. Oh my god! <laughs> he's, yeah, gonna... he's luring this, this little bird child away from his his, uh, his gotta, family to, to its death. <laughs> oh my god! Over near the yeah, you, can look at that, you can look at that that scene over I mean, just for days, and there's just always new little things you'll find in there. Oh yeah, it's, it's amazing. So it's like a it's like a Where's Waldo and. I mean, you do that. You do that in the book too. I mean, we have like the 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 picture of like the army and stuff. Um, but it's definitely. I mean, as much as like if that's your not detailed, there's still a lot of detail there. I mean, that line art is intricate and it's awesome. I mean, it's uh very. I don't know. I, see, I don't know the technical terms for the art and stuff like that, but it reminds me a lot of. Um, I went to uh, art school Frank in New July, so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So if I had to describe it like, you know, the the line heavy, like a Frank Quitely style where it's like you see every wrinkle oh, yeah. in a face and stuff like that. And it's a fantastic. I love that style of art. Thank so you, it thank really you. it really brings the story together. Um, that's that's yeah, my therapy. So I, that's how I that's how yeah. I get that's how I get through <laughs> my, my life. I think sometimes yeah. is, uh, that noodling just kind of. Yep. <laughs> Yep. It calms the mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like I look like even the tentacles, like the thing coming out of the tomb, has like I don't know. There's like 35 million scratches on the tentacles, and it's like just that. And they're not scratches; they're wrinkles on the tentacles. And it's like the amount of time and effort that goes into that is crazy. Like it's it's awesome. So yeah, kudos, yeah, man. It's, it it's really cool stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, it did work. Um, yeah, I'm excited for issue two. Uh, do you have a do you have a release date yet for it? Uh, it'll or be in the spring. Issue. <clears throat> we're gonna, we're gonna okay. s- yeah, we're syncing it up for Epic Tavern's uh, exit from early access, which is where we are okay. right now. So okay. we want to, mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll probably be somewhere in the March April area. We'll want we'll to okay. put the two out together to kind of, you know, yeah. Awesome. And there's, there's going to be some really crazy stuff in that. Like I've read the script. We are the script's already kind of done uh, okay. for it for the most part, and man, like. I think this one's, we're going to, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be as crazy as that, as yeah, that yeah. lobby scene, but there's going to be some parts in it that are going to be some, I think some really cool stuff, especially now that we know how the first book landed and how we're yeah. kind of drawing it and visually how it's going. I think we mm-hmm. kind of have this nice little, this little path that we're going to go on. So we're going to have these little things that we're going to try to keep in there to keep it, uh, keep it, keep it spicy. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, and it'd also be fun to kind of to play with uh, the, the same setting and the same characters, but putting them in a situation that's just much more threatening and much mm. darker, mm. And, and yeah, a, a little as, you know, a little less Scooby Doo, you know, yeah, not as a little, little more extreme horror. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so that'd be okay. fun because because you, you know yeah. obviously you can still keep humor elements, you know, horror, yeah. horror and comedy play well together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to because I haven't, I haven't I edit lots of horror obviously but I haven't done a lot of uh, pure horror okay. writing in, in several years and that's kind of what okay. I started with so it's okay. fun to get back yes. to that you, you've been wanting to get into something like that so um, that's awesome and I think uh, Steve's art will will do well with that too I mean that's I think the more detailed art is the more it plays with horror you know I. I think that there's a little truth there. Like the, I don't know. I don't know what it, it almost becomes more unnerving, the more detail is in there. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I can't wait for that. I mean, I'm a huge horror fan. So saying that the next book's going to be a horror book, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, guys, this is, this has been awesome. Uh, can you, 
plug plug where our viewers and listeners can find you guys on social media. So, uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, uh, Tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit and Epic Tavern are available on all the platforms. Uh, you can find yep. me on Twitter as the Sean French. Uh, and Tales from the FCU is available through Scout Comics. It's available in stores all over, or you can get signed copies from me at Wisdom Productions. Oh, That's nice. D U M B Wisdom Productions. Okay. Com. Steve, what do you I got? love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going there right <laughs> I, now. <laughs> Um, I am uh, uh, at stevemardo.com is my website, which, you know, people don't go on websites anymore, I don't think, um, like art for artists <laughs> at least. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I am on Instagram and Twitter, which is, it's all kind of went over to my Instagram, but uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at stevemardoart. You know, whatever, Twitter. Okay. Instagram, awesome. Whatever. Actually, I just screwed that yeah. whole thing up. I should just. That's all right. Hey, Chris, Chris is going to save me here I too. Do that. People always Chris, tell me to like plug stuff, and I'm just like, no, 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 no don't on, worry. Because Chris will save. Things. Chris is. Chris saves everybody with his links. He's going to hook you up. Okay, awesome. Yes, yeah, so yeah. everybody, check out the show notes. Yeah, check yeah. out the show notes down below. I'll have <laughs> links to all those websites, and uh, to Scout Comics website with a copy where you can just buy a copy, with the link where you can buy a copy of the comic. Yep. Guys, thanks so much for being on. It was uh, it was a blast. Yeah, it was so much fun. Thank you guys thanks so for much. having us. This is really fun. Yeah. 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 It's really fun. And we're back. So check out uh Epic Taverns Tales from the Fantastical Crimes Unit. Um it's a pretty long title, but the art is fantastic on the cover. Uh support Steve and that cool book he has. Um, and support Scout and everything. Yeah, Scout and Black Caravan, the horror imprint they're doing. Um, all right, let's jump into the comic news. Marvel announced. Yeah, me too. Marvel's announced that the first new X Men series, as part of its new era of X Men books, will be called Immortal X Men, written by Kieran Gillen and artist by Lucas Warnick. The series will focus on the Krakoan Quiet Council and their shady dealings. Uh, is this interest to you after reading Hickman's X Men? So I, I'm a Marvel Unlimited subscriber. Okay. So maybe maybe I'll do it one day, but <laughs> one day in a year, Hickman's out. I'm out. Yep, that's, that's fine. That's basically my. I read so much stuff, and like Hickman's a guy who, when his name pops up, I'll pick up his stuff. Kieran's a great writer, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't reached that status for me personally. Yeah. And it's it's X-Men. I'm not other than that animated series, I'm not a big X-Men fan. I don't know. We didn't talk about this last week. I think it happened this week, but did um uh man, what is it? Tom Taylor exclusively signed with DC? Oh yeah, that was this week. Yeah. yeah. Which I uh, was surprised to me because is he writing anything else that's not DC? <laughs> So, I, think he's like, <laughs> I mean, okay. it's kind of a pre-pandemic book, but Dark oh. Ages is coming out, but that was announced oh. pre-pandemic. Yeah, okay, okay. So they, I think they were like, oh shit, this Marvel book's really good. We need to lock him down. <laughs> he can do this shit at Marvel, too. Yeah, oh my he God. can do this anywhere. Anybody <laughs> pays him more money, so let's get him on a contract. Yeah, I honestly think that between... So, I mean, Nightwing's not getting a ton of buzz, but between Superman, which I know mm -hmm. people are loving, and then 
it wouldn't shock me if they saw Dark Knights of Steel and were like, we need this dude in the long term. Like that I book, mean, was, we'll talk about issue two yeah. later, but that book oh, yeah. is so just good. phenomenal. So good. It was injustice not enough to keep him around. You know what I mean? Like this guy built injustice and then deceased. Like those are some pretty strong, he's, strong followings. I don't know. Yeah. But. He's done great stuff. And I mean, he even did a, I didn't read it personally, but I know people <laughs> loved it. He did a run on a uh, Wolverine at Marvel for a while there too, that people adore. So yeah. he's a cool guy. He's been doing stuff everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Captain Carter will be getting her own limited series this March titled Captain Carter. The series will be <laughs> titled Captain Carter. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's like calling a Captain America book just Captain America, right? I mean, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> um, will be written by Jamie McKelvey with art by Marika Cresta. The series will see Peggy after she returns to the modern age and her fight against Hydra. Chris will be picking this up. So yeah, I like Peggy. I like yep. Captain Carter. I enjoyed that episode, even though I did kind of rail on it a little bit. Yeah, just a little um, bit. But I did enjoy it. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll check it out. I thought it was fun. I wa- I, th- yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I think my criticism was simply that it was like it reminded me of the old cookie cutter. What if comics? Yeah. And is yeah. that really a criticism? No, it's just. Yeah. You know, that is what it is. Right. But Yeah. 2022 will mark the 30th anniversary of the Marvel 2099 universe. And Steve Orlando is teasing something coming up for Spider-Man 2099. Man, they really just stretch with these anniversaries. He took to Twitter to show some early pages, what we assume is a new series that could release just in time for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one. Um, yeah, 2099 was cool. I thought they revisited 2099 like a few years ago. They did. Um, I was just going <laughs> to so say what's that. All the, what's all the buzz about now? They're like, now is the time to do it. Like, now people care. So uh, so this, I believe, is solely based on the fact there's a movie coming out. Yeah. Let's do it. So, right. you know, Brevoort told us the, the secret. Right. Bre- yeah, Brevoort, <laughs> yeah. He told us what's up. But, yeah, a few years ago, they did, I think it was during Marvel's 80th anniversary. And it was... 80 years, so it was the 80th anniversary, and then it was exactly 80 years until um, 2099. So, yeah, it was 2019. Oh, okay. So, they did new 299 stuff. Yeah. So, that's what you're thinking of. And now, yeah, yeah. Now, now it's, it's the 30th. Years. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's now, what, I don't know, 89 <laughs> years or, or 79 years until 2099. What I'm interested in is... Um, Spider-Man fans are probably going to correct me on this, but I believe it's the first time, if this is true, that a solo t- Spider-Man 2099 book is not written by Peter David. Oh. Okay. I think he's been in stuff. Like, he's been yeah. written by other people, but, like, his solo books were always written always. by him, I believe. Uh, okay. Interesting. So, that'd be interesting. Um, I don't see it on here. Uh, the George Perez news. Um, I forgot. I, I blocked yeah. that out of my mind. I know. It depressed I me too. so much. Uh, yeah, I'm sure if you're a comic book fan, you saw this week that George Perez announced he has pancreatic cancer in about was it a month to live or six months? I think it was six months to live. Yeah. Um, very sad news. George Perez is like the foundation of all comic book art. Uh, if you're a fan of any like anything old school real even marvel or dc it's that guy 
who did it. Um, such a great dude. We wish the best for him and his family. Um, Vamp for a second. I gotta pick, grab something. Yeah, he um, he did announce that he's going to try to do uh, one more Comic Con um, before he's not healthy enough to do so. He's still able to. Um, he, his eyesight is failing too, so he's he's still able to sign books. Um, he said that he a lot of the sketches that he has to do this year, he's reimbursing people because he can't sketch because of his eyesight. So he will be signing books still. He's going to try to do one more guest appearance somewhere. And then that's it for him. Um, until he, until he passes, he just wants to be with his family. So he's released a couple statements. You can find him online, but, um, you know, just such a great guy. And, uh, it's really, really sad news to hear from him, but, Great guy and probably number two on my list of greatest comic book artists of all time. Yep. Behind the king himself, Kirby. Um, the dude's done so much for this industry. Like, Christ of the Infinite Earth is just like the start of what he did. Right, right. And listen, I know we don't get these anymore, but like back in, I think it was 2000, um, Marvel and DC got together and did this little ditty right here. Mm. based solely on the fact that Perez was going to do it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So in, in, to anyone listening, I'm holding up Avengers versus justice league. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it fucking sucks. It really yeah. does. Yep. I, I felt bad for him losing his eyesight. I mean, right. he'd been out of the game for a few years, but, um, yeah, this and I mean he influenced every artist in the comic book industry. There's no doubt about that. And if if anyone wants to see what kind of a person he is, um, I know not everyone likes the show, but the show Comic Book Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an episode where uh, one of the guys, Mike, had lost his home during I think it was Sandy, Hurricane Sandy, the one that hit New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, his favorite piece was this George Perez poster he had since he was a kid. All this stuff. So they got George to come in and draw this giant poster size image of um, Mike's favorite character. And the dude almost weeps on camera. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And George is just such a good guy in the episode. So it's, yeah, yeah it, He's a cool it dude. fucking sucks. Um, and then I wanted to end on some good news. <laughs> I didn't want to end on that. Yes. Um, uh, Ahoy, this is, this was like, I, I was following Ahoy tweets all week and I was like, Oh my God. Uh, you know, more wrong earth, and then not only more wrong earth from Ahoy Comics, uh, a lot of wrong earth, all the wrong earth. Um, Ahoy announced this week that wrong earth is getting a first big universe spanning money grabbing event in 2022. Yeah, they did, they did highlight it as that, which is pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, they already got my money though, so they can announce anything after that, whatever. They got my money. The event will be a series of one-shot comics written by Tom Pear. Okay, I'm on. Mark Russell. Okay, I'm on. Stuart Moore. All right. Gail Simone. What? Mark Wade and Bill Morrison. Walter Giovanni. Michael Montanet. Fred Harper and Leonard Kirk. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, they announced some of the names of the other books too, but... Uh, the fact that other people are like, you know, big, not big writers, but uh, very talented writers. I mean, Tom Perry is a talented writer. Very, they're big these, names. Like, big names. Yeah. Gail Simone and Mark Wade, people will follow them to these books yeah. that weren't reading Wrong Earth before. I'm just happy that we get them on those books. Uh, 
because I will follow Wrong Earth anywhere. And that's what I'm doing here. And I think I'm so excited for this. This is like this is like the most exciting news to happen just before the end of the year, I think. This this lit a fire under me because I think I read yeah. the first Wrong Earth and then I just yeah. kind of haven't read them since. Right. Um, not for a reason of not liking it, just, you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I got to read all of Wrong Earth to prepare for this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. You got to catch up. Yep. So I'm, uh, yeah, I, I got the uh, the press release for this and I I honestly thought somebody was playing a joke on me. Like, yeah. It just yeah, seemed like, too good to be true. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, it's true. It's all true. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for this. This is really cool and good for yeah. Ahoy. They've been yeah. busting their asses over there making great books. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. And they're getting people into comic shops. I mean, yeah, like Bad Idea Comics did it, but like Ahoy, I mean, their stuff isn't available on Comixology right away. I know because I'm a digital comic collector. I have to order my books in Midtown when they come out, like for my bad and stuff like that. Yeah, we get reader copies because we're podcasts, but I still got to support those guys because they're doing great shit at Ahoy Comics. Yeah, I literally, uh, every so often I see their books on the shelf and... Once again, I'm pulling their stuff. We get right. free, we get copies. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, just this week, actually, they still have copies of my bed at my little comic shop. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'll pick up a copy of my bed. Yeah, it's just a like, it's a fun comic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I just I love I like those guys. I, I mean, yeah. they're great. Yep. So I, good for them. I hope this blows up for them. And I hope this means bigger and better things for those guys. For sure. Um, all right. What did we read this week? Da na na. Well, I'm going to guess that we read all the same books because I read three books this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's almost like we're in a book club together, Chris. Uh, Okay, so I'm guessing you didn't read Batman 89. No. Um, Basically, so we get we get the glimpse of Two-Face, you know, breaking out of the hospital. But also we get a really interesting interaction with uh, Duke, who is the is going to be the new Robin and Batman. So uh, the thing about this Robin is he's he's black, so he's more interested in helping out the black community. And when he meets that Bruce Wayne is Batman, he's just like, you know, why aren't you doing more for us? Um, But. You know, it kind of ends with the the issue ends where he takes him to the Batcave and shows him around and, you know, they're going to start working together. Also, very important to this issue, Alfred is hanging up the giant penny in the Batcave. That's fantastic. So that's there now. Is uh, it that, is it yeah. Dick or is it like a new character no, it's, altogether? It's, it's Luke. Um, oh, I don't so think, they, they skipped right to Luke. Okay. I don't think it's I don't think it's Luke Fox, though. I don't know if I missed that somewhere, but he's just a kid that lives like in in the you know the bad part of gotham um and is he works in a he works in a he's a mechanic he works with like a mechanic in the ghetto of gotham have they done that before where it was like a, a black kid in the ghetto that became i'm not sure I because can't. that's a really good idea yeah right exactly and he's so he's been going around as his own robin like you know like stealing food and getting it to families yeah. that can't eat and he's like you know beating up on uh, racist thugs and shit like that. So um, it's, it's been a really great story. Batman 89 has been really good. So yeah, I want to pick that up. Uh, it's time out of time. Um, Dark Knights of Steel number two. Let's, let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, 
man, this uh, this book ends with a splat. Uh, the oh man. First off, Harley Quinn being the the court jester is just awesome. I love it. Uh, we that, find out that yeah, that scene where they're walking through the um, the dungeon. Yeah, and like oh, yeah. King Sharks in the background, yep. and like everybody yep. else. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, seeing the dungeon was great. Um, there's you know the conflict there of like Batman. Well, Batman cuts Green Arrow's arm off, which is yeah. pretty great. Um. There's some conflict there, though, of Batman being an adopted son rather than being the real son of Jor-El. So there's some conflict between the family, like, you need to stay out of this. You're not actually part of our family. Um, I'm sure that won't, you know, come to any any sort of uh, fruition towards the end of the series at all. Like, I don't know why they're no, doing that. No, that won't, fest, <laughs> that won't fester one bit. Yeah. Um, and then we we see the green man going around. They still don't show who the green man is. I want to say it's the Spectre. I don't think it's Green Lantern. Unless they do they specific say it's a Green Lantern anywhere? No, they just say it's green. Well, he did say he talked to his ring. Okay. Then maybe he is Green Lantern. Um That'd be an interesting you know, twist though for the Spectre. <laughs> because like we see the feet and there's all these like rags hanging there. So we haven't seen an image of the Green Lantern yet. Um yeah, it makes more Yeah. Sorry, because Constantine has the line in there that made me laugh, which was, uh, it's always good to take advice from you know, your jewelry. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can't argue with jewelry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, it, they're making you think it's Green Lantern. I don't really know who to root for here, if the L's or the Jeffersons are in the wrong. Um, because we see that, you know, Jefferson, who is Black Lightning, uh, we see his kids, and they all have different powers. So one controls Lightning. Um one has like super strength and the other one can call down rain, which I feel like he got shafted <laughs> and having powers. <laughs> and they try so hard to be like, it's been so long since somebody could call down rain. Yeah. It's such right. a good thing that we finally got somebody. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Meanwhile, um, you got the most emo power set possible. Right. Right. <laughs> it's awful. Um, so you see Constantine working with them. You also see the arguments between uh, Amanda Waller being like the head of the the army for the elves, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of smart things. And then we see, you know, uh, we, we finally see Wonder Woman and uh, Zala Jor-El, which is, you know, Supergirl or Power Girl. I don't know. I think they're depicting her as. I, I assume they were depicting her as Supergirl. Supergirl. But... But her and Wonder Woman have a relationship, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, the dungeon scene was really good. The talk with Green Arrow. And then uh, Supergirl's so pissed about her father dying that she goes to the house, you know, Jefferson's house, and grabs the youngest son and then drops him and lets him fall to his death. Which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this book is super metal. and. Uh, I'm sure a big war is happening is going to be coming from all these heroes. Uh, this is an amazing book. Yeah. So I, I think that this is going to be a case of because Superman has the line in there. Like you don't, you don't know what we're doing. You don't understand what we're doing. Something along those right. lines. Right. About them taking all the magic users and killing them. Yeah. So my feeling is they're either Superman has no clue Mm-hmm. or he's in on it, but they're probably taking them to the Phantom Zone. 
mm-hmm. and just putting them away somewhere where they can have their own like place, but not mess with the kingdom. Right. Yeah. So I agree with you. I'm not really sure who's right and who's wrong, because if they're doing something like like that to magic users, that's evil, obviously. But at the same time, like you did kind of shoot the guy in the eye with an arrow. So, yeah. So we'll, um, we'll see. The new Batman started Batman 118. Yeah, it did. Did you read it? I did. Oh, shit. Um, this book was really good. He starts it off by uh, breaking and entering into a party where everybody's dressed as Batman villains, which was fucking fantastic. This is what I want out of a Batman book. I was so exhausted after James Tinian's run. Um, the art is amazing. Uh, I got to see who's doing the art, but isn't that uh, Jorge Jimenez? Yeah, Jorge Jimenez. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the second half of the book, Batman Incorporated is arrested for killing a villain. Um, but Batman thinks there's a little more to it than that. Um, the I can't I can't find the name of the guy they killed. Oh, they killed Abyss. Abyss is his name. Um. So what we find out is Luther was the one that hired Batman Incorporated. Um, and now, you know, they killed Abyss. So he, he wants to figure out why uh, or who was Abyss. I don't think I've ever heard of Abyss um, in any previous books. So I'm sure we're going to find out. Uh, I, but, thought, I assumed he was something from the Tinian run. but Oh, uh, no. Not. It says who was Abyss. No, we don't know oh, who Abyss was. Okay. So... Um, yeah, I guess we're going to find out. Interesting story. I like that Batman Incorporated is involved, that it's like a whodunit. Um, yeah, this is a this is a new change of pace for Batman, so I'm excited. Yeah, I love the inclusion of Batman Incorporated. Yeah. I love the overall inclusion of Batman Incorporated recently. Like, mm-hmm. DC, yeah. yes, more yeah, of that. Yeah, do more of that. Yeah, do more of that. I yep. loved the background of Gotham with the fireworks. Uh-huh. And just the color and the excitement, but Batman still standing there brooding. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was such a good contrast. Um, I liked it. I'll, I'll I'll keep going for a little bit. We'll see if it uh keeps my attention. But I did like his first issue. Yeah. Um. I you know as someone who's been reading Batman forever now that uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good, I think it's a good start. Let's keep the ball rolling. Um. One star detect- squadron. Sorry, huh? a lot of detective stuff too, which maybe. Oh yeah, happy. yeah. You love you love the detective yeah. Batman. Uh, One star squadron. Mark Russell and Lieber on the art. Um, this book was fantastic. Uh, it was so much fun. Basically, they're like low level heroes that have like a provide a service that they were once heroes, and you know, part of the Justice League, and Superman promised them eternal glory, but now they just like they're not that level of a hero. Uh, Red Tornadoes is uh like the the manager of the branch um he's trying to help this hero who left a mental mental institution to help him figure out who he is uh he leaves power girl in charge while he's gone and power girl goes to the ceos and says like we need to kick out uh red tornado because he's not good for business because it is just a business that he's part of um it's a very Mark Russell issue, but I think I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to keep reading that. Um, World of Krypton was good. I don't know if I'll keep reading it just because it deals with a lot of characters I don't really care about. Um, like, yeah, it has Jor-El, 
and the uh, his wife, but I don't like the family members. I can't really get into that, like the family wanting to betray each other, mostly because I know how it's going to end. The planet's going to blow up. So, um, yeah. yeah, I can't really get into it. And then Super Bo- uh, Superman, son of Kal-El, uh, great issue. Um, you know, Superman is off planet and Superboy is trying to find him. Uh, the Fortress of Solitude. It, uh, he goes there to talk to his dad and his dad basically warns about Lex Luthor. Um, he talks with Lex Luthor and helps him because Lex Luthor has all these, all of these tech uh, people that he's, he's worked with before. And he basically like, t- bri- like puts them in a situation where he's like, I'll kill you unless you wire me billions of dollars. Um, and so the person that made his robot artificial intelligence tries to like kill Luther off. And so Superboy shows up, he helps him kill the robots. And then Lex is like, Oh, your dad and I were playing a chess game. And then he completely obliterates him in chess because he read all the books about chess and all his games prior to, prior to showing up to meeting Lex. Um, and tells him, okay, now that I beat you in chess, you should really do something about saving the world. And he takes that as, Oh, I should, uh, I should um, go call the president of Gamora, the evil guy, <laughs> uh, because Lex Luthor can't do anything nice. He has to do it, you know, the evil way. So uh, th- this book's really great. Um, you know, Tom Taylor is such a great writer. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I didn't get to, around to reading it, but Swamp Thing's been extended to 16 issues now. And it even says on the cover, by popular demand, extended to 16 issues. So yeah. that's how good yeah, that's how good Swamp Thing is. Um so very excited about that. And I think that's all I had this week. I there's some stuff I need to read still, but that's all I got to to reading. Did you pick up crossover number ten? I did, did not read it yet. Okay. Um <laughs> So in this in this issue, uh, Powers picks up Brian Michael Bendis, okay, and then uh, they kind of interrogate him, and he like it's kind of he's going back and forth, freaking out about the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then he basically says like, "Well, I'm not the only one who created you guys. You should get an Oming in here." So then Oming joins in, uh-huh. and <laughs> I almost feel like those two were in a room together and helped write this because their back and forth is just phenomenal. That's funny. Um, they're going. It's so it's like half the book is just them talking and everything, and and going through this whole interrogation, trying to figure it out. And then we go back to the, I guess it's the police station, wherever they're holding the, the superheroes. Mm-hmm. And um, so, Wonder Woman's in the background, Thor's in the background, Batman was in the background. Now, huh? They're like. Kind of Thor and kind of Batman, but like, yeah, you know, right, know right, yeah. right. Uh, and the guy in charge is like kind of fed up. He's he's like, I, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. Uh, we need to go down and uh, talk to the guy who's writing all those pages that they were getting and mm-hmm. figure out what's going on, like why this girl is a, a part of this whole scenario and what's going on with powers and the death of the writers and everything. And I won't spoil who it is, but I, I'll do two small spoilers. They so first they hit really hard that it's Alan Moore, uh-huh. 
and it's not Alan Moore. But okay. <laughs> I thought okay. that would have been a really funny like twist. Yeah, because be at one point he's like, "I need to go down to sub level Omega where they're holding him." Mm-hmm. And his authorization code is uh, Komoda, which was um, Miracle Man's oh. Shazam. Yeah, right. Code. And he goes down, they reveal who it is, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the twist of who that is. Is it Donny Cates? It's Donny Cates. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy, the guy would write himself into the book like that. So, let me say, too, it, so, <laughs> it's funny you say that, because in the last pages, he even says, um, cut the secret identity bullshit. This is the worst kept secret and this whole thing, and you know it, uh, his name is Donnie Cates. The question is, is he really enough of an ego- egotistical hack asshole to write himself into his own story? And it's just yeah. a picture of Donnie smirking. What a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know if I like it or not. That kind of like upsets me. But yeah, whatever. It's his book. He can do whatever he wants. It's, so throughout the issue, they're talking about how so, like, the powers people are talking to Bendis, and they get kind of pissed because they're like, wait, you wrote everything we did? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, so you made me do these things? And they don't say what they are, but mm-hmm. if you read Powers, you know some fucked up things happen. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that would be really messed up if you, if you like, if you had some sort of trauma in your life and you met right. the person who, like, put those events in place. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. How, how much of a mind fuck would that be? Yeah. So they're talking about that, and they're talking about how like all these stuff with the the hero, the the comic book characters is all scripted and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and it kind of mm-hmm. leads to that. So I thought it was a really good issue. I like that ending, and I like how he's kind of self detrimental about it. Yeah, that's awesome. But that's really cool. That's all I was able to read. I do have like uh, uh what I, Devil's Reign, Cap and Iron Man, and some mm-hmm. Star Wars stuff that I have to get to. Okay, but uh, Mike. That's all I have. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? Well, you can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter and they can find the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter or at FortressComicNews.com. Everybody goes five stars of the podcatcher. Like, subscribe, share, comment down below on YouTube. And if you want to go to the extra mile, patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Thank you all so much for listening this week, and we'll see you all here next week. Bye bye.